Excuse me, excuse me. Are you sure you're all right, sir? I'm fine, I'm fine. Just looking for a bone. A, a what? A bone, a bone. I need to find a bone. I buried a big juicy bone out here a few nights ago and I can't remember where it is. It's driving me crazy. I can just smell it. I know it's in here. I can almost taste it too. Hold the phone. This could be gravy. <gasps> Hallelujah. It's still got some meat on it. You need help. Oh, I could just chew on you all night. How dare you? Come here, you tasty morsel. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> what a horrible thing. Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. Oh, thanks. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Uh, today we're going to be talking about You Lucky Dog, which was released in 1998. It was written by David Covell, Peter Bailoff, and Dave Wallert. And it was directed by Paul Schneider and starring the mm, incomparable Kirk Cameron, uh, and the truly best actor of the film, Bogus the Dog, uh, with a strong assist from James Avery. Slam dunk. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis of this uh, lovely film. Yeah, Val, fill us in on the, the storyline of this incredible Oscar-worthy movie. Yeah, so the synopsis like gives a lot away, which is weird, but it's, it's not a spoiler, I would say. So we'll just do it. Um, <clears throat> When dog psychic Jack Morgan treats the inappropriately named Pooch Lucky for depression, he has no idea that his treatment will land him in the doghouse. Lucky's owner dies and leaves all his money to Lucky on the condition that Jack lives with him. Jack is delighted, but the owner's family is furious and determined to fight for what they see as their money. Can Jack thwart the evil relations despite Lucky's canine capers? Thwart? That's the word that they chose? I mean, this movie thought it was really... Ahead of its time. It thought a lot of things, I think. Uh, yeah, let's... I, I've got my impressions. Allie, what were your first impressions of this movie? Thanks for throwing it over to me, Val. I hated it. I I really hope everyone chooses to listen to the podcast first this week. <laughs> chooses not to watch this movie. Uh, please don't hate us for potentially making you watch this movie. Um, now, remember last week when we had a strong, I think I said it was an 8 out of 10 for under wraps. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if I want to give this movie like a 3. <laughs> Like I get three out of ten. Yeah, like three, three out bones ten. out of ten bones. <laughs> so what's interesting about this movie, I I did some digging because I had to understand this movie doesn't really like fit in with the other uh, the other decoms like at all. And so what I learned is that this script was actually like discovered or like 
given to Kirk Cameron and he took it to Disney and like convinced them to produce it. Um, oh. Yeah. So like I maybe he was still kind of a hot commodity at that point. And so they were like, Which I think sure. he was. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they were able to get James Avery after Fresh Prince to do this is like a testament to, I think, to whatever credibility that Kirk Cameron had at this point, because like, my God, this is a terrible movie. And I'm sure that James Avery was embarrassed to be in this movie. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but like if I were him and I had the career I had and then I were in this piece of garbage, (laughs) I would would be embarrassed. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So that's how this happened. Um, And I think I saw that like none of the people who like directed or like wrote this movie had anything to do with any other DCOMs. Like some of the other DCOMs um, were directed by the same person or, you know, there was a lot of like continuity behind the scenes, um, especially with like the early DCOMs. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and in the later DCOMs where Kenny Ortega does all of the choreography. Right, right. So this has no DNA, like no DCOM DNA whatsoever. It's just sort of an anomaly DCOM or DNA. Yeah. Or as I would say, an aberration. So uh, I know you didn't ask, but my first impression of this. No, movie... Val. Oh. Val, tell me your first impressions. <laughs> Okay, I'll happily tell tell you right now. I'll tell you. I mean, I already basically made it pretty clear that I did not like this movie. But more specifically, this movie was a knockoff of so many other movies, starting with that song in the opening credits, which. What do you mean? That song sounds so much like the Randy Newman song from Toy Story. Like, it sounds like someone was like. I need to make a song about friends and I'm just going to make a song that sounds like a cheaper version of this song. And I know that like, there's only so many sort of cheesy, slowy songs that talk about friends. Like there's only so many variations of that song you can write, but literally right out of the gate, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, this is a Randy Newman knockoff. This is like what some, if someone were like, you know, making a, a TikTok of like a fake Randy Newman song or something. That's what this Thank you would be. so much for bringing Gen Z into this, Val. <laughs> hey, Gen Z, we hope you're doing well. We hope you're loving this millennial podcast. Um, please let us know if you have any like TikTok uh, references that we need to say or anything like that. We'll gladly put them in here for you. Just by saying it's like Beetlejuice. I said TikTok and they just appeared. <laughs> Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. <laughs> also, Gen Z, Beetlejuice is a movie. <laughs> also, okay, so just getting back real quick to the knockoff thing. Yeah. I, there were elements of this movie that reminded me of the following. Toy Story, as I already said. Love Actually, when he's dancing around the house. Uh, Billy Madison, the bath plus like just being an idiot in a, in an expensive yeah. house. Just being an idiot. Yeah. Beethoven, obviously dog destroying house lion king because the niece and nephews reminded me of the hyenas so much um and the lawyer reminded me of scar uh uh the movie big with tom hanks um because it's like a kid like a young you know a man boy who gets a bunch of money um and then turner and hooch because of the relationship the one i was gonna mention yes so 
like and those are and and knives out even though obviously knives out came after but like the scene when they're like attacking him at the beginning like what come on so this was even ripping off movies that didn't exist yet yeah i mean once again ahead of its time ahead of the future it knew to take from knives out also fun fact about the receptionist that's Christine Cavanaugh, and she is the voice of Chucky from the Rugrats. Yeah. And much like last episode where we talked about how you can never not hear Patrick Starr once you know that that is Patrick <gasps> Starr, you can't not hear Chucky in her voice once you know that that's her. One thing I definitely did not know until I saw her was... Um, so I saw the hot lawyer and I literally wrote, oh, look, the lawyer is hot. I wonder if she is the love interest. And then I went on IMDb and discovered that that is Kirk Cameron's actual wife. They are married <laughs> in real life. That is they have six actual, children. His actual wife. And they had been married for like six or seven years by the time this filmed. They got married in 1991. They they ha- they did. And they had adopted three of their children already at this point. Mm hmm. Um, they they have two biological children, but they are the last two of their six children. So uh, they had they already were growing their family, and there is some big family propaganda just like slotted into the middle of this movie. I just wanted to point it out because it has no purpose in this movie except to serve some weird thing going on for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's really hard for me to talk about this movie, Val. Um, it's okay. I mean, I know we'll get best. there at some point. Just do your best. We'll get there at some point. Yeah. Uh, because uh, for on the bingo sheet, we have, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into the nitty, into the nitty gritty. Uh, on our bingo sheet, we have your childhood crush. And I think everyone's lying if they don't think that at some point they had a crush on Kirk Cameron. It's just not like you're lying to me. <laughs> and then you become an adult and Kirk Cameron as an adult human being denounces gay marriage and you regret your entire life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's definitely one of those people who just turned into someone who's a bummer. I think that's the nicest way of saying huge, it. Huge, huge bummer. And he's also a bad actor. Just so going to say it right now. He is a terrible actor. <laughs> oh, no, he's he's actually better at pretending to be a dog than he is <laughs> at like just interacting with humans. Um, also, I'm I'm also going to say that Bogus, the dog, was a better actor than almost everybody Bogus, in this movie. Wait, Val, are you about to tell us that Bogus, the dog, was your childhood crush? Um, if I had had crushes on dogs... I mean, he's a very beautiful dog. Fun fact, he is a mix of a St. Bernard and a Golden Retriever. So Interesting. I was curious. I did not look up any dog facts this time, so I'm grateful that you looked that up. Thanks, Val. Okay, I want to point out one more thing, and then I want to know what your favorite lines from this movie were. Um, okay. So the scene where the niece and nephews go to the lawyer is lit like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's so dark and sinister with these like harsh lines and the lawyer who, by the way, is named Mr. Fister. Yeah, I (laughs) hate that. um, Is like chewing the furniture. Do you know that expression? He's like overacting to the extreme. He is like, 
I mean, more power to him because he knows what movie he's in, right? Like he is being ridiculous because he's in a ridiculous movie. And because of that, this scene is one of my favorites because he's just like clenching his teeth and like letting the light like blow out his glasses and like just doing everything to just like be. And it really this scene really reminded me of like Scar talking to the hyenas. Like that's what it made me think of so much. And it like this probably was maybe my favorite scene probably my favorite scene of this movie did you have any favorite lines or scenes yeah i had a couple of favorite lines scenes mm. <laughs> <laughs> full, a full minutes of scenes that i enjoyed in this movie okay so a lot of my favorite lines came from the rich niece Um, mostly because for some reason she's the only person in this entire movie to have like that transatlantic accent. Oh yeah. That literally comes out of nowhere. Like ma'am, you live in LA. (laughs) Okay. So, um, one of my favorite lines here we have, how am I supposed to live? I use imported shampoo. (laughs) Well, you could wear that hat for a week. That was in the lawyer scene. Yep. And her look, the look she gives him is so good. Yeah. Then I'm going to go to the next one. We have, he is one sick puppy. <laughs> About Kirk Cameron, <laughs> um, which is correct for the movie and in real life. Um, okay. And then use this to protect yourself. What am I supposed to do with this thing? Hit him with the dry end. Let's go. I <laughs> <laughs> just handed this big bone. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fact that there's a dry end insinuates that there's a wet end. Yeah, and it's visible. <laughs> um, and then uh, the niece is upset that she has to sleep in a motel. Mm-hmm. So she says... This skin has never slept on anything except 100% silk. And ma'am, I have. And it's terrible. Because I did in college, I bought silk sheets and I slipped off in the middle of the night like I had been sleeping on a stick of butter. So the fact that this woman has never in her entire life slept on anything except for butter? Yeah, Mm-mm. that's weird. I, it's kind of like hot or cold or both. I don't even know how to describe it. It's so slippery. (laughs) Um, Also, I just want to add on the other half of that line. She says, uh, and I'm certainly not about to start rubbing elbows with mattress buttons now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she did say that. I also just want to point out that in that scene, there's a vibrating bed, which is something for the Gen Zers out there that are listening that was heavily featured in a lot of movies and television shows in like that era. Um, Definitely does not exist anymore, but it was like the thing that was in every cheap motel that was like in any movie or television show. And I, why? Because I think that that maybe was a thing that they had vibrating beds, like for, you know, for naughty times. Gen X fill (laughs) us in as to why vibrating beds were like such a big thing. That'd be great. Thank you so much. I feel like we might need a boomer for that one, but Maybe in a Gen X. Oh, that's true. Sorry Um, I aged you, Gen X. (laughs) But also, I would just like to point out that this particular vibrating bed was called Magic Fingers. (laughs) When he puts the quarter in, the box says Magic 
fingers. <laughs> Ew. Now I'm just imagining little fingers popping up. From- <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Um, awesome. Okay. Val, are we riding? Oh, we're riding. Are we, are we tops off riding to Spoiler City, baby? <laughs> I don't know about you. My tops are already off. <laughs> my tops been off. <laughs> In case that, that extremely long bit was unclear, we're now talking about spoilers. <laughs> so spoiler alert. Spoiler City. All right, so we start with childhood Kirk Cameron, and he is a dog psychic. But now he's 28, and he doesn't have that psychicness anymore, okay? And he's just trying to get back in the game. He's just trying to make money, and he's faking it. He is a big faker. And so then this old man comes in, and he's like, my dog is sad. His name's Lucky, though. You lucky dog. I said it. And then something's happening. Kirk Cameron's like, wait, what? I feel some kind of weird connection towards this lucky dog. And he says, like, you have some contention in your home. And the old guy's like, wait, what? How did you know that? And Kirk Cameron is literally like, um, I'm so sorry. I literally have no idea. Um, (laughs) because I haven't been able to do this since I was 12 years old. So I legitimately don't know. Then next week, the old man dies. But get this. He is a millionaire. This old man, millionaire. He leaves his money, not to the the three uh, niece, nephew, nephew, but to his dog, comma, lucky. Okay. Now he doesn't put any of his niece and nephew in charge. He puts Kirk Cameron in charge of his dog, lucky. So basically Kirk Cameron, 28 year old, 64 millionaire. But it's only contingent on him being of sound mind. Yes. Thank you, Val. So he has to show that he is not like insane. Otherwise, he doesn't get this money. So the three stooges are trying to figure out how to show that this man is insane. Okay. And then he's feeling some feels with the dog. Um, and then, um, he starts to just act the same way as the dog at the same time as the dog. So he can talk as the dog, but at the same time is what the dog is thinking at the time. He calls it channeling. Channeling. So we, we are trying to we're trying to do all the things at the same time. He's fallen in love with the lawyer. Very unprofessional. Um, the law, uh, the lawyer. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the storyline right now. But the lawyer lady won't let her sh- daughter get a dog, and the and Kirk Cameron goes, "Why won't you? Why can't you get a dog?" And she said, "We don't have room for a puppy. My dad got the house." That was so funny. That was the one line I laughed out loud and my roommate came in and even said, did you actually see something that was funny? Because I hadn't laughed one time the entire movie at that point. Um, Okay, so back to the story. So the three goons are trying to, to make it so that they can show that Kirk Cameron is literally insane and they break into the house. And they have dart guns and all they do is dart each other. But what I don't understand is the dark guns don't do anything. I know. The none of them. The guy got hit. Yeah. I know. <laughs> none of them pass out. None of them even really have trouble moving around. It makes no sense. Right. So the judge is about to declare lunacy. And Kirk Cameron turns into the dog. And they're saying, look at this 
literally look at this insane man and tell me that he is of sound mind. And all the three are like, <laughs> yes, thank you. We won. But then, but then, burr, 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 Lucky saves the day by channeling with Kirk Cameron. So he channels to Kirk Cameron that he remembers the old guy being poisoned by the nephew. Poisoned. What a reveal. Yes. And so Lucky remembered that he remembers seeing him drink something. They took him outside and then the old man died. And so Kirk Cameron said, hey, um, this man murdered him. And then he tried to run, which means we knew he was innocent. And so then they got caught. They went to uh, what I could only assume would be jail because they didn't show that part. And then everyone goes back to the mansion and Kirk Cameron, 28 years old. 64 millions. Also, you're forgetting to mention that uh, in the confrontation in the courtroom, when it's revealed that the guy murdered his uncle, he pulls a gun. I forgot. So we've got another gun gun pointed around uh, indiscriminately. Two for two on guns. Two for two on guns. (laughs) In in people's hands who should not be holding guns. Um, and, uh, And he... And Lucky saves the day again because he jumps at him and disarms him and he gets shot. Yes, and they thought that Lucky was dead. Lucky died. Then he only got his ears shot and then Kirk Cameron's ear hurts. And then everyone laughs. Oh my gosh, that literally. (laughs) And you're left to wonder, did they actually like have the court case? Like what happened? (laughs) Did the judge just also laugh and forget that there was a court case um yeah that was that was it that was what happened oh and then uh kirk cameron as an epilogue buys every pet at the pet store including the dog that the little girl wanted and he's gonna keep it at his house which feels like coercion like he's sort of saying Uh the dog will be here so you could should just move in you can Um, i can just date your mom if i have your dog Yeah. Val, I don't know. I mean, you might have known this, and I think I knew this, and I totally just forgot, um, that Kirk Cameron and Candace Cameron are siblings. Are brother and sister. Yes, I did know that. I had no idea, and I probably did. Once again, it's in that 10% of my mind that I completely forgot. Um, But I just found that really interesting because um, I like her so much. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's weird. He just got, he lost his way. That's all. He lost his way. He thinks we all lost our way, but he lost his way. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to play some bingo? We are. All righty. Allie, why don't you kick us off? All right. As always, from the last one time we've done this, we're going to start at the top left and go um, in lines all the way down. So we start top left today. We've got our one hit wonder song. I mean... I guess this would count. It's not like this song played anywhere else. I'm pretty sure this guy got accolades for this song and nothing else from what I the understand. The fact that it had like lyrics and it wasn't like a score and everything like that. I feel like it's probably not on the One Hit Wonder Wikipedia page, which is a real thing. But I feel like maybe we could we could half market or full market. We'll uh we'll we'll market. Um, okay, so uh, breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera. Yeah, I didn't see any. I was even hoping that like Lucky would like look into the camera and wink at the audience at some point. <laughs> he, never did. he did not. He did not. He did not. So we didn't get any of that uh, nope. in this. 
Uh, moving on to holiday themed, not holiday themed. No holiday theme. Uh, clunky metaphor. I must say no. This movie di- wasn't deep enough to even warrant a metaphor. We'll just right. say that. Uh, great. And then in this movie, there were no parents. So nope. there were no parents to not just don't get it. Correct. Okay. Cool non-parent adult. I mean, I guess you could count James Avery, but like this movie, there I are did. no kids. There are no kids in this movie. Yeah, but James Avery's a cool, a cool non-parent. <sighs> All right, fine. We'll count it. We'll Yay! Count it. <laughs> um, okay, someone too famous for a TV movie. We just talked about him. James Avery. James Avery. 100%. Okay. Uh, competition to resolve central problem. Nope. Nope. nope Unless nope. you count lawyering. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess in a way is a competition, but no. Nope. <laughs> not not in the way we're defining it for decoms. Nope. Uh, montage sequence. I did not see one. And I know I kind of pushed it last time, but this time I was really on the lookout for it again and I did not see any. Ooh, I get to do this one again. Cliche villains. Yes. Oh, if we had to mark that one within the first like four and a half minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a, what a cliche. Woo. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that was easy one. Val, did you notice any clothes or items that you previously owned? Yes. Yes. You did? What was my, it? My family owned that exact camcorder that they were using. I have a picture of myself. My Twitter picture is actually me holding that camcorder. Wait, that is the cutest thing. The, the camcorder that he was recording yeah, out the of black, the van. Yeah, the black camcorder that takes the full-size tapes. That was our first family camcorder that we owned. And Aww. we got it when I was around like seven or eight years old. And I loved playing with it. Like my whole eight-year-old birthday party is like me carrying that camcorder around taping everyone else oh how funny is that that it's not even your family recording you on your birthday as you no, recording everyone else on me. your birthday that it's is me. such a val thing <laughs> you think i was gonna get into film or yeah weird um i don't i didn't notice any closer items that i owned there were none um okay rotten tomatoes 40 to 60 i did not check Yes, I'm glad you didn't, because now we're going to make it a thing where you never check and I tell you what the answer is. Okay, perfect. All right, Val, uh, I need you to give me an answer. If you're within five on either side, I'll give it to you. Okay, so here's my thing with this. I want this to have a terrible Rotten Tomatoes, but there is a part of me that thinks that the world is a broken place and for some reason this is rated at least as high, if not higher than under wraps. I just have like a feeling that it's rated too well for what it is. So I'm going to go with exactly 60%. That's a really good guess, Val. And before I tell you the answer, I do have to say that there is no exact Rotten Tomatoes number. This is the Rotten Tomatoes number based on the audience reviews. Okay. So they don't have an exact one. This is based on audience reviews. But this week, I'm very proud of you. You did get it. It is a (gasps) 63%. Oh, my God. And also gross. I'm so mad that I'm right. And it looks like we will not check this box this week. And for the worst reason possible, because it's too high. Yep. Uh, Val, we're at the middle of our board. You know what that means. Was there a happy ever after? 
I would say yes. So many dogs. Absolutely. So many dogs all in that mansion. And Kirk Cameron, once again, 64 millions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Almost kissing. I don't know. Because there's a part of me that kind of reserves this almost kissing for like youths, you know, because they're the ones who almost kiss. Like if adults don't kiss, then they're just not kissing. So I'm going to say no. (laughs) I half marked it because of the way the dogs looked at each other in the pound oh. when Lucky went to go see his future girlfriend. You know what? That's fair. Let's let's do it. Let's count it. We're going to count it. As a full box? What a little paw print. <laughs> Instead of an X. Oh, God. Okay. Was there someone who became famous in this movie? Became? No. Yeah, there was no one. And I don't think anyone became like more famous than they were already no Kirk Cameron became less famous yeah and his wife too and I think all the the like three the niece and nephews and the lawyer too and the judge were all in things like other things but nothing that was like so big that I would be like right they all have had solid careers yeah yeah, They've they're all been character in actors. A, a good chunk of things. Yeah. Um, just no one where it's like, oh, this person is like huge now. Right, right, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh betraying of one's real friends or values. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I looked hard for this one to see if he was ever gonna betray. He had no one to betray. He was alone. I guess like at the beginning, he's kind of betraying his own values like by being kind of a fraud but i don't think that counts yeah nah yeah val one of my favorite squares your childhood crush yeah i marked it that's fair uh we'll mark it for for our purposes um i did not i mean i watched growing pains but i did not have a particular crush on kirk cameron i I don't know. I just, he wasn't my guy. I was really, really into Joshua Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. He was my, my, my dude. Um, Wait, so do I only get one childhood crush? Cause I'm not using it on Kirk. Cameron. Oh no, 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 okay. no. I'm just saying Whew. like, I wasn't really into Kirk Cameron. I guess there weren't really any like sitcoms that I watched where I like had a huge crush on someone in the show. Um, oh, wait, I actually just totally lied. I, <laughs> this is, Who is it? you're embarrassed. I should, no, no, no. I, I'm not embarrassed. I just, it's, it's funny looking back that I didn't understand what was going on. I watched the facts of life on Nick at night and I had a huge crush on Joe. <laughs> oh. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> Oh my god! But she was like the, you know, she was the tomboy. Yeah. And I like fixated on her and I really liked her and I didn't understand. (laughs) So you've learned some things about me today. Actually about both of us. um, About our crushes and the way we develop them. Yes. Okay. Obviously bad special effects and or stunt. Here's where I wanted to talk about the van because... I've never seen a more slow motion car crash. Okay. (laughs) The van is chasing after the limo that has the barking man and the barking dog. And they're not looking at the road and they run into the station wagon that has the bikes. And you just see, listeners, 
I really wish you could see what I'm about to do right now. <laughs> but they slow motion all, okay, action, three, two, one. <laughs> uh, Val, was yours when they were crashing out of the window into the pool? Uh, that was definitely one of two. Yes. Okay. What's the, your other one? The other one was the gunshot. With oh, the dog. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a, a cut that was really lame. Like <laughs> there yeah. was no illusion whatsoever that anyone had actually gotten hit by anything. Um, I honestly didn't know that the dog was supposed to have gotten hit. That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't do anything to make that clear. Allude to the fact that, do- that the dog was supposed to yeah. be shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, next box, we've got Eric Von Detten, Kirsten Storms, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, and any Lawrence brother. We saw none of those people. None of them. Okay, musical number. No, no. probably for the best in this movie. Val, was there magic in this movie? Do we count? We Whatever. do. We, li- we literally have to. How else did this man turn into a dog? Okay. You have to, Val. Val, I know you don't want to. You need to listen. When <laughs> Listen to listen to me, okay? All, this whole movie was magic, okay? Because how else did he know about everything? This gives magic a bad name. I'm just saying. You give magic a bad name. Bad name. Um, okay, someone besides Allie says the title of the movie. Ah, I didn't hear it this time. I don't think so. I heard Dog Eat Dog. I heard Lucky Dog, but not you, Lucky Dog. All right, Val, uh, I, for this next one, I don't think we had the opportunity to be Scooby-Dude. Nope, there are no children, thus no Scooby-Dude. Uh, the heroes create the problem. I mean, kind of. So... I think it first depends on what you think the problem is. Whoa. Okay. That's deep. I know. Um, I am deep. I think so. The problem in my eyes is that Kirk Cameron's entire situation hinges on him being considered sane and his situation, his behavior makes it so that it is very easy to refute his sanity. So In a sense, he has created that problem for himself, but he didn't give himself this power and he frankly doesn't want it. So it's not like he like last week where he broke into a basement and awoke a mummy. He he's his situation created the problem. Yeah. Now, I hear your argument, Val, and I'm going to raise you. The problem is. The old man was murdered. The old man has died. And Kirk Cameron did not kill the old man. Therefore, Kirk Cameron did not create the problem. Fair enough. That's a much simpler interpretation. (laughs) Much simpler. That's how I got bees in high school. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Val, we've got our last square of the evening. Lead is a fish out of water. What do you think? I'm going to say no. And here's why. He is a self-professed poor kid in a rich world, but he doesn't seem uncomfortable or like he doesn't know what to do. Like the instant he gets in that house, he's having a nice bath. He's having nice food. He's taking the dog out to buy furniture. 
he never feels out of place, even if he's never been in this place before. So that would be my take on why I don't think it's a fish out of water. I think he is a fish out of water because he is a dog. He's a human dog. <laughs> dog, human, in a human world. Okay. Fine. <laughs> we can have two different boxes. We can have two different bingo squares, Val. Okay. That's true. Although, which one am I going to put on Instagram? The Who's right? The right one? <laughs> Okay, so this is a legitimate question, though. Like, if I, like, I didn't mark closer items that I owned. Yeah, so I figured that this is our collective bingo okay, game. Okay, cool. Um, but if you don't want to play it that way, then that's fine. No, but that that's means, perfectly fine. Okay, but it does mean that we have to fight. <laughs> we have to fight we have when to we fight don't to the death. <laughs> um, you know what, Val? Since you gave me the heroes create the problem, I will let you choose. The lead is not a fish out of water in this movie. Okay, all right, fair. Fair. Go ahead and delete that. Okay. So, what's the verdict? No bingo. No bingo. No bingo. But, um, you know, we didn't have fun along the way, so um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Val, I had so much fun with you along the way talking about it, but while watching this movie, um, <laughs> man, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right. Um, well, we're nearing the end of our podcast, Val. Um, so you know what that means. What does it mean? It's time for a game with Allie. I've created a game for you. Um, this one is called Audience Review. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. So... Welcome to Audience Review Who, Val. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. Now, in this game, um, as we heard previously, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score was audience chosen, and it was not uh, ratings from critics. So in this game, I'm going to read you reviews, and you have to guess the number that they left along with the review. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Here we go. First one. There's going to be four today. There's four today. Okay. <clears throat> Haven't watched this since I was little. OMG. <laughs> so, um, Val, uh, zero through five. What did this person rate you, Lucky Dog? Five. One point for Val! Yeah! That person loved this movie. <laughs> that person loves this movie. All right. Number two. Eh. It was okay. Kirk Cameron is so beautiful, though. Was that you? <laughs> oh. I would have never said that in 2008. Oh, it was 2008? Okay. Um. That was the last time people have reviews for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to say three. Val, you're two for two. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm really good at reading people's emotions from their movie reviews, apparently. You are. Now, Val, okay. I think number three might stump you. Uh-oh. Someone may suggest you watch this movie. Go outside and mow the lawn. Remove the lint from your socks. File some old paint cards. Do anything except watch this. You will be able, <laughs> you will be able to unsee it. 
about the nicest thing that can be said is at least it gave people some income. <laughs> Did I write this? <laughs> Um, uh, well so if you think i'm gonna be stumped by it then it's probably not a one so i'm gonna say two other direction val this person gave it a 0.5 i didn't even know that was an option well you could have guessed it and i would have said yes or no and you chose not to (laughs) fine stumped you you got all right we've got last one number four you Lucky Dog is a funny but crazy movie. I watch it every day. Do you agree? I watch it every day. <laughs> this was a one. This was just one sentence. This was just. You Lucky Dog is funny but crazy movie. I watch it every day. Do you agree? Okay. I'm going to say five. Val, you got that right. You got three out of four. This explains the high rating of this <laughs> yes, because these dumb idiots keep ranking it so high and watching it every day. Well, Val, thanks for playing. Review. Thank you. I love this game. Oh, God, Let's I'm Let's play glad. this again soon. Oh, okay. I will play it again when I cannot think of a game to play. <laughs> okay. We'll see how many new games I can come up with over the next 63 movies. <laughs> Can you imagine if I come up with 63 total games? I'm s- I'd am be so smart and creative. You are smart and creative. So. Stop it, Mel. I just want to say at the end of this podcast, to those who listened throughout the entire thing, um, thank you, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, um, I am so glad I will never watch this movie ever again in my life. Yeah. And... Uh, I will choose to do that. And also, if anyone did like this movie, I, we're sorry for being mean about it. Yeah. This is just our opinion, and you can like this movie, and it doesn't make you any less. We just did not like this movie. No, and f- I, I think less of you. <laughs> okay, Allie thinks less of you. Okay. I I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, truly a lot of my qualms with this movie were like a filmmaker's qualms and so which makes me sound like a pretentious jerk, but oh I God, pretentious I, jerk. I know, but I don't I don't fault someone for just sort of like enjoying this movie as like a silly romp and not getting romp. so caught up in all of those things. Yeah. But that's what that we sense. signed up for is to get caught up in those things. So It is true. Here we are. And you know what? I love this job with you, Vale. Thanks. I love this job with you. Happy to do it. Same. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod and on Instagram at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Ellie.